Welcome to episode 111 of The Recovery Show. This episode is brought to you by Michelle. She used the donation button on our website at therecoveryshow.com. Thank you, Michelle, for your generous contribution. This episode is for you. Do you pray? What is prayer? How can it support your recovery? We are friends and family members of alcoholics and addicts who have found a path to serenity and happiness. We who live or have lived with the seemingly hopeless problem of addiction understand as perhaps few others can. So much depends on our own attitudes, and we believe that changed attitudes can aid recovery. Before we begin, we would like to state that though we at The Recovery Show may be in a 12-step program, we represent ourselves rather than the program. During this show, we will share our own experience as they relate to the topic of prayer. The opinions expressed here are strictly those of the person who gave them, take what you like, and leave the rest. We hope that you will find something in our sharing that speaks to your life. My name is Spencer, and I'm your host today. The first segment of today's episode of The Recovery Show is a discussion of this topic, prayer. Following a short break, we'll talk about my life and recovery, about how I practice these principles in all my affairs. We'll follow that with your email or voice contributions and some brief news about the podcast before closing. And I'm recording this episode on Easter Sunday, at least as it's celebrated in Western Christianity. And on this day, when so many celebrate resurrection and rebirth, it seemed appropriate to look at how prayer has worked in my recovery. I want to start by noting that I did not grow up with a tradition of prayer. The uh, the religion that I grew up in and, and the one that I'm still consider myself practicing um, doesn't doesn't emphasize prayer as as many religions do. So my idea of of prayer as a young person and and I think into my adulthood really was the uh, the sort of hey God can you give me a pony kind of prayer when my loved ones started struggling with alcoholism when I recognized that my loved one was was drinking more than I thought was appropriate at least um, if I prayed it might be please God you know fix the situation and. You know, whenever I tried that kind of prayer, it really kind of didn't work. I never saw the results I was asking for. And, you know, what I when I came into recovery, what I heard in the rooms and in the literature was, uh, that is not the way to, to pray in this program. Uh, and, I, and, and I emphasize in this program, I mean, we're not saying that it's necessarily personally not an appropriate form of prayer, but it it's not the type of prayer that the program asks us to do. I also didn't grow up with an understanding of or belief in God. And so, you know, if you're praying to God uh, and there isn't any such thing, or maybe there isn't any such thing, then what does prayer really mean? And so these were the, these were the things that I came into Al-Anon with, the sort of the baggage that I came in with. And, and to be honest, um, that kept me, I think, from coming into recovery sooner than I did, because I would look at those, those 12 steps on the wall in, uh, you know, treatment center where my my loved one was uh, in in a treatment program, and I would see that word God, and I would see that word pray, and and I would know that this was not for me because those were not things I had in my life, and so it was a real barrier, really, uh, to uh, to accepting the program. And when I finally came in desperate, figuring, well, I, I don't know what else to do. Maybe I can do this without doing this God and prayer stuff and, you know, and maybe I'll find something in Al-Anon that'll help me. Uh, anyway, I don't know. And I came in and, uh, you know, so that was, that was a barrier. And when we would talk about 
Uh, step two, coming to believe in a power greater than ourselves. Or step three, in particular, turning our lives and our will over to the care of God as we understood him. I think that's the, the exact wording. And it would be difficult for me. Um, my my first sponsor used to say of, of step three, a couple of things. One is, you're not actually in this in this step turning your will and your life over. You're just making a decision to do that. And the other thing that uh, my sponsor said was, fake it till you make it. Like, go through the actions. Pretend that you believe this stuff is going to work for you and just go through the actions and see what happens. And so I could take those and I, and I could I could move forward. And but this the twelve steps were were challenging me to find meaning in these concepts of God and or, or higher power and and prayer, and higher power wasn't so hard. Uh, higher power is something greater than myself, and definitely there are things greater than me. And um, you know, I know I've talked about I've talked about that journey uh, in. Uh, episode entitled Made a Decision. I don't remember the exact number, 60-something. And, uh, and, but prayer, what is prayer? Um, and, and that's sort of where, where I came to, what is pray, prayer? How do I pray? How can I pray? What are ways in which I can pray? Uh, and why? Uh, you know, and, and, and again, uh, uh, 11th step in particular suggests a reason for praying, to know God's will, uh, to to hear the voice of my higher power, which is uh, almost invariably smarter than me. Why do I say almost? See, I'm still trying to take control here. I'm still trying to keep some control, right? Um, the voice of my higher power is wiser than my own, the voice in my head. I know that. The voice of my higher power may come and often most often comes to me through other people, maybe saying something in a meeting, uh, discussing something with a sponsor or another program friend, reading the literature, and I have to I have to listen, but I also have to ask the question, and prayer in part is asking the question. So the first prayer that that I picked up, and it's very hard to come into Elanon without picking up this prayer uh, because we say it. At least in in my area, we say it at every meeting. We start the meeting with a serenity prayer, and most of the meetings that I go to end with the serenity prayer. And so, I could take that. I could take you know, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And if I was uncomfortable with the word God, I could use the the atheist version of the prayer, which starts with please rather than with God. Uh, a friend of mine in the program who was definitely an atheist and, and had a lot of trouble with the God language in the program used that version of the serenity prayer. And that was, that was something that, that was easy for me to remember. It was something that was easy for me to say. It didn't, it didn't have that language in it that sort of bothered me from, um, you know, societal indoctrination, um, that, that King James Bible language that just, for me personally, bothered me. Um, it felt, I don't know, I think it just reminded me of of the organized religion that I was not a part of that was uh, in the town that I grew up in, I think, uh, was fairly conservative, and, and I associated 
organized religion with the society telling me that I couldn't do things that I wanted to do or, or that I was a bad person because of the things that I did, because of the way that I dressed, because of the length of my hair, etc. Having grown up in the 60s, that was an issue back then. And, and so the serenity prayer didn't hit those triggers. Uh, and, and it made that made it easier for me to adopt it. Um, and the serenity prayer is, is, is sort of my first real experience of a prayer that is not asking for a pony. It's not asking God to fix anything outside of me. Um, it's, it's asking for something for myself. And this brings me to this, this concept that prayer doesn't change the world. Prayer doesn't change God, that prayer changes me. I'm going to come back to that, come back to that a little bit later. Um, as we go, go beyond the serenity prayer, um, I, I heard, I think I heard spoken of in a meeting, in meetings, um, the, uh, the so-called third step prayer and the seventh step prayer. A number of people in my Al-Anon groups had adopted those prayers, which come from, uh, they come from the AA big book. They come from the discussions of the third step uh, and the seventh step. And um, they are uh, suggested, I think, in the in the AA book, the Alcoholics Anonymous book, as a way in which actually to take that step, to take that third step, to take the seventh step. And so, um, I will I will quote these: the third step prayer is, God, I offer myself to Thee, to build with me and to do with me as Thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self, that I may better do Thy will. Take away my difficulties, that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. And this is the prayer of turning um, our will and our life over to the care of God. And and it's got, you know, thy, thee and thou and thy and and a little bit uh, old syntax. And, and, you know, it's just, it was harder for me to say. Yeah, I, I understand the concept the concepts in there, I understand what it means. It's just the words. And, you know, maybe, I mean, in one sense, I just need to, you know, sort of get past the words. This is the fake it till you make it part. Um, say the words and come to understand what they mean without having those words um, great on me. But it was difficult. It is difficult. And I went out, went out searching on the web. Thank goodness for Google. And I went searching for third step prayer, and I found a page which I'll try to remember to link in the the notes for this episode, which will be at therecoveryshow.com slash one 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 hundred and eleven. And I found a version which says in part, "God, help me remove the blinders of self will. Help me see what is true. Teach me so that I can be of service. Free me from fear." from hate, from greed, from discontent, so that I may contribute myself to your work. Allow me to see what you would have me do and grant me the strength to follow through. And, you know, that says pretty much the same thing um, as the prayer from, from the AA Big Book, but it, it says it in words that work for me. And so that's the version of the, the prayer that I, w- I will say um, in the morning, on those mornings when I remember to do the prayer and meditation thing. Which we'll get to that. And the seventh step prayer, that this is the one of um, asking God to remove our shortcomings. The seventh step prayer from the AA Big Book says, 
My creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defective character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Amen. And that one that one's easier for me. Uh, I'm still not kind of wild about the my creator part, but okay, whatever. Um, I can live with that. But the, you know, it really expresses the intent of step seven, um, you know, that uh, says that you should have all of me good and bad. Um, recognizing that I have defects of character and I also have assets and that that they can all be of use. Um, remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. And, oh, that one's so easy as an Al-Anon. I want to be of use. I want to be of use to my fellows. I want to, you know, I want to help them, right? Um, but in this context, it's really saying that you know, our purpose is to be of use, not not to other people. It's not to help other people. It's to be of use. Okay, and and we have to watch as an Al Anon. I have to watch myself for for sort of overcommitting on that. Um, which uh, you know, we got the second the last sentence here. Grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. And so, I I ask for. I ask for help in doing the things that I need to do. Um, and again, here we see this notion that, you know, prayer is not about asking God to do something. Prayer is not about asking the universe for a pony. Prayer is asking for help in in living my life uh, more fully, living my life better. And that is so different. And, it, it's a form of prayer that uh, that I can take in, that I can own. Thinking about prayer in more general terms, sort of outside the uh, particular context of the 12 steps in particular, I read a book maybe a couple of years ago now by Anne Lamott. It's called Help, Thanks, Wow, The Three Essential Prayers. And, you know, it's a nice short little book, um, very pithy. And I love it that she she really sort of distills uh, prayer down into three three words, three different kinds of prayer. Each is a single word, and the main the main sort of prayer that we find in the twelve steps is help. It's the help prayer. It's the serenity prayer. It's the third step prayer. It's the seventh step prayer. Um, all of these prayers that that ask for help in. In being a better person, ask for help in doing the will of our higher power. Um, ask for the power to carry that out and the knowledge to know what it is. Um, they're all help prayers. We talk also about gratitude in this program. I'm sure you've heard the phrase, attitude of gratitude. Um, and I found, uh, I found that if I was able to find gratitude for things that that were in my life, to look for the things in my life that I could feel gratitude for. Uh, and this might be in the form of a gratitude list, which is a tool that is suggested. Um, I've heard a couple different forms of that. One is, before you go to bed, write down five things that you're grateful for that day or in that moment. Uh, and it just helps to, to develop, to take 
me out of the the sort of the poor me attitude, the woe is me, the everything is horrible place and, and bring me at least into a place where there's some good in my life and, and I can recognize that there's some good in my life. And this is also, you know, this is also a form of prayer, um, recognizing things we are grateful to and expressing that gratitude. And whether, again here, see, this is the thing, whether we're expressing gratitude to to God, to the universe, to a higher power for bringing uh, these things into our lives, or whether we're just expressing gratitude that we have these things, um, it changes me. It changes my attitude. Uh, it it can bring me from um, a place of sadness, a place of anger, a place of resentment, a place of depression, and bring me into um, a place where things are okay or things are good, or things are great. It can bring me into a place of joy sometimes. And I've had that experience of, of thinking about the things that are, that are good in my life and going from um, sort of blah to, to happy to, or, or yeah. And uh, so, as I said, I'm, I, 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 um, a member of a faith tradition does not emphasize prayer. Um, we have many members who are, um, as I've heard it said, uh, religious refugees and um, who actually find pain in the things that they fled. And so um, we're often very careful about using words like prayer and let us pray. And um, I feel like, I feel like we're, we're growing at least the community that I'm part of here, we're growing in that respect, and we're able to to use those words um, and and own them in a new way. But in any case, I'm sitting in the church service this morning, and I'm thinking about prayer, and I'm thinking about you know how how do I pray? How do we pray? And um, you know, one of the things we do is um, after we've taken the the offering and expressed. Um, in words, our our gratitude for um, our continued service to to our uh, church community. We often sing this song. Oh, we give thanks for this precious day, for all gathered here and those far away, for this time we share with love and care. Oh, we give thanks for this precious day. And, you know, there's no mention of God in there, but we're definitely giving thanks. We're definitely expressing gratitude. And I hear that song as a prayer and particularly recognize that this morning, um, that, uh, yes, that is a form of prayer. Another prayer that uh, came into um, our service this morning in in a small part uh, the minister didn't read read the whole thing is a poem by e e Cummings titled "I thank you God for most this amazing day. I thank you God for most this amazing day for the leaping greenly spirits of trees and a blue true dream of sky and for everything which is natural, which is infinite, which is yes. 
That's the, the first verse of the poem. And, you know, it's, again, that, that to me, that's a, that's a wow prayer. That's a, the universe is amazing, and I am so glad that I'm in it. And I just, I can't believe, I can't believe it's so great. Um, and, you know, that sort of goes beyond the, the gratitude prayer to, uh, it's a real, a sort of an uplifting of spirit thing. Um, and we also, um, a member of our congregation who's a retired minister and who, uh, did this tradition at the, uh, the congregation he served before he retired, which was on Easter for whoever in the congregation wants to, to come up and sing the hallelujah chorus aided, of course, by our choir who understand this singing in four part harmony thing. Um, which many of us, uh, you know, I sing the melody, okay? When we sing hymns, I sing the melody because I'm okay at following. Um, if I have to sing something that's like different from all the people around me are singing, I'm not so good at that. Um, and I'm, I know that's a matter of practice, and maybe someday I'll actually have the time to, to make that practice. But for now, um, I sing the melody. But, so we're up there. Uh, God, I must have been over 100 of us standing up there, at the front of the church, we all had our music with the soprano, alto, tenor, and bass lines. Uh, I positioned myself in the middle of the tenors because that's about where my voice sits. Although, I'll tell you what, the Hallelujah Chorus uh, definitely hits the the very high end of that range, um, maybe a little higher than, in, in fact, some of the tenors were really able to do. But if I stood in the middle of the tenors, then I could follow the music and I could follow them and I could... I could hear the entirety, uh, the, the, the basses and the sopranos and so on, uh, but I could also uh, follow along. And man, is that, that is a wow prayer, that, that, that oratorio. It just is, you know, expressing the amazingness of, uh, the amazingness of God, the amazingness of, of rebirth, of resurrection, you know, and just hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, etc. Um, and so, two different wow prayers today expressed in two very different idioms. Uh, the E.E. E. Cummings sort of uh, free verse idiom, uh, you know, no capitalization, very little punctuation. Uh, and, uh, and the uh, Handel, uh, what is he, Baroque? Um, you know, four-part harmony with... Uh, uh, actually, multiple melodies going on in counterpoint. Counterpoint, that's the word I'm looking for. Um, but both expressing the, the wowness of the universe, the wowness of, of this world that we live in. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it, it's a very uplifting experience. It, uh, um, you know, how does a wow prayer change me? It lifts my spirit. Um, it, it, again, brings me out of the mundane day-to-day and, and into recognition of, um, you know, the amazingness of this world, the amazingness of, of the universe, and, and the amazingness of the, the people around me and what we can do together. I also recognize this morning something that we do every, every Sunday as um, our children are leaving uh, the the sanctuary, um, they come for about the first 15 minutes of the service, and then they go off to their uh, religious education classes. And as they're leaving, we sing them out um, with these words. 
Go now in peace, go now in peace. May the spirit of love surround you everywhere, everywhere you may go. And and I thought about that, and I said, you know, that is a prayer. That is also a prayer. It's not help, thanks, wow. It's not one of those three. It's sort of a fourth category of prayer, which is, you know, that of wishing well. Um, and uh, and so if I had to, to sum that down, I can't bring it down. I can't figure out how to bring it down to one, especially one one syllable word. But uh, I could call it a be well prayer. Um, and there are some others that we often say. For example, um, may we cease to be the, the cause of suffering one to another um, is a be well prayer. And so I find, I find in our service uh, of worship, uh, despite the sort of lack of formal prayer, if you will, I find these expressions of prayer that, that we use um, and that I really had not recognized as prayer until I started looking at it. I started thinking about it. So how about that? So why why pray? Why do I pray? You know, what does it having having gone forty something years of my life without prayer? Why why start now? Um, well, because it helps. <laughs> because the program tells me to. I mean, there's there's some there's a couple of reasons right there. But I, I want to come back to again this notion that prayer doesn't change the world. Prayer changes me. And if I've learned, if I've recognized. One thing um, in working a program of recovery, it's that um, there are plenty of things about myself that that I want to change, that I would like to have changed. Um, And prayer is one of the tools that I can use to accomplish that change. And there's a prayer that, again, is part of my my morning uh, ritual, again, when I remember to do it. Getting better at it, maybe? Who knows? But this is, this is a prayer that expresses um, a way in which I want to live with others in the world. And perhaps ironically, I found this prayer on Facebook. A friend of mine in the program posted it, and I was like, oh, that is so perfect. And I copied it into my, my prayer list. It's very simple. It says, Lord, help me to hold myself and others to a standard of grace rather than perfection. So why do I why did I pick this prayer? Why do I like this? Well, because in part because it addresses at least two of my character defects, one of which is perfectionism. So don't hold myself to a standard of perfection because uh, perfectionism is it it really only hurts. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that another time, but you know, when I'm trying to be perfect, uh, I usually end up not being good enough. Um, I try to be perfect. It sometimes paralyzes me from doing things because I know they're not going to turn out perfectly. So why even bother trying? Uh, and so if I hold myself to a standard of grace rather than a standard of perfection, it gives me a way to to go forward. It gives me a way to get started knowing that if I fail and it's likely that I, it, well, fails, fails a tough word. If I make mistakes along the way, um, that I can find grace for those mistakes and I can keep on going. I can give myself grace. Um, and, you know, I can, I can ask grace of others as well. And the second part 
the second part, hold others to a standard of grace rather than perfection. Well, the character defect there is probably pretty obvious. I want people to do things my way. I have an expectation that people will do things my way. I have an expectation that my way is the right way. And if you're not doing it my way, then you're not sure as heck not doing it perfectly. You might not be doing it perfectly anyway, but you're sure as heck not doing it my way. Um, and and when others when others fail, when others make mistakes, um, you know, if I hold them to a standard of perfection, then I end up being that you know bitchy guy who's always yelling at people, and that's no good. It it doesn't help us get whatever it is we need to get done together. It doesn't help us do that. Um, and if I'm always going to yell at somebody when they make a mistake, then people are going to hide their mistakes from me. They're not going to bring them to me and we won't have a chance to, uh, to find a better answer together. So that's sort of the, um, well, that's the seventh step reason for that prayer. And it really is, for me, that is part of a seventh-step prayer. It's a, you know, this is a way of asking God to remove um, some significant defects of character that uh, I have recognized that I need extra help with. So it's more than just, God, remove all my defects. It's also, um, you know, help me, to, help me to be the person that I want to be rather than the person that I uh, sometimes am. This prayer also reminds me that, that everybody is a child of God, that we all have um, grace within us, that we all have a spark of the divine within us, that we all have worth and we all deserve respect, and that I am not the person that's in control. I am not the the person who's running the universe, (laughs) which should be obvious, but sometimes I really need that reminder. And so this prayer in, in just a few words really does um, a lot, a lot of different things for me, and you know that. I think that brings out part of the why of prayer, which is that it helps me to focus. It helps me to focus on the things that are important. It helps me to remind myself of the way that I want to be. It helps me to put myself in a place where sort of emotionally and spiritually in a place where maybe I'm less likely to act out of my defects by reminding me, by asking for help to be the person that, that I would like to be um, rather than, you know, the flawed person that I am. And again, not going to be perfect. Hold me to a standard of grace, not perfection. Prayer in general, prayer reminds me that I don't have to do it alone. I can ask for help. And I know I talked about this, I think, in last week's episode, but the other day I was I was struggling with how I was going to make amends for something I had done earlier and uh, worrying about how uh, the other person was feeling, how they were going to react. Um, you know, were they going to be really mad at me? Were we not going to be speaking on speaking terms the next day, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I called a friend in the program, and that friend said, have you tried prayer and meditation? I was like, um, nope. Guess I should do that, huh? <laughs> and guess what? I did it, and it helped. I was able to get to sleep and, and not have that, have that 
worry chewing at me all night long, which was great. So I'm not alone. I need not solve all my problems by myself. I can ask for help. I can ask for help and then I can let go. Um, easier said than done, but I can, or at least partially let go. Maybe not hang on to it quite as hard as I was hanging on to it. Maybe I can get some sleep exactly. Prayer gives me a way to focus on that, which is important to me. And I guess I said that already, but it's worth saying again, because even if there's no God out there, just the fact of focusing, and this is sort of, um, in a, in, in a way, it's the, sort of the opposite of meditation. I focus on the important thing and then I let go of it and I listen in meditation. And, and I, you know, I thought about titling this prayer and meditation, but I thought, no, I got enough to say about prayer. We'll talk about meditation another day. Um, and prayer gives me a way to express my hopes and fears. Um, I can say, I can say to God, to the universe, I can say, I'm afraid. I can say, um, you know, I wish the best for my loved ones. I can say, you know, may the spirit of love surround you everywhere you may go. Um, I have no way of, you know, making the spirit of love surround my loved ones, surround the children of my congregation, but I can wish for it. I can wish for it. And when, you know, and when they hear me wish for it, maybe that changes them and maybe they will feel that love as they go through their day. Um, You know, maybe it, maybe it, they don't need to be necessarily surrounded by love if they know that they are loved. Um, you know, we say that at we say that at the end of our our in our suggested Al-Anon closing. You know, um, about how we already love you in a very special way, and and hearing that, hearing that when I was new in the program, I think was was really important to know that not only was I not alone, but that that I was loved. Uh, you know. Before I found, uh, before I came to understand a higher power who loved me, to to hear that, you know, there were people in the program who, even though they hardly knew me, they they loved me. They say in AA, "We'll love you till you learn to love yourself," and that that was very important to me because I really didn't love myself when I came into the program, and so, you know, that expression of hope, that expression of of wish. In, in not in the sense of I wish for a pony, but in the sense of um, I wish good things for you. Not being not being specific, but um, you know, is an expression of love, and maybe that's really um, you know, prayer gives me a way to express my love as well, my love for the universe, my love for other people. So I don't know if any of that made sense. I don't know if that was coherent, but sort of uh, been thinking about this for a while and sort of wanted to get it out. So there we are. And I wanted I want to close actually with a reading that I think when I read this at least a year ago, yeah, well not not a year ago because it it, it came out in September of 2014, so not even a year ago. But I read this and and I it really like crystallized a bunch of thoughts that had been kind of gelling in my mind about prayer and about what is prayer and about why prayer and about how prayer. And I'm picking up my my daughter's uh, sort of uh, vernacular there. But uh, anyway, I read this column uh, in uh, a blog in the Village Voice by uh, the musician, poet, 
spoken word, whatever he is, Andrew WK. Um, the column's called Ask Andrew WK. Put a link to it in the show notes at therecoveryshow.com slash 111 slash 111. A reader wrote in, and, and the column's called Ask Andrew WK. So it starts generally starts with uh, um, uh, mail from, from a reader asking a question, uh, as you might expect from the name. Um, and uh, this, this reader wrote in, he was very angry. His his brother had been diagnosed with cancer, and his grandmother suggested they pray for him. And he was like, this is useless. This is pointless. I'm really angry. And the column is titled, Prayer is Stupid, right? And and you should go read it. Um, he says a lot of stuff that I'm, I'm not going to read here, but I wanted to read the ending um, of, of, the, uh, of the column. This is Andrew W.K. speaking. I want you to pray for your brother right now as a gesture to your grandmother who, if she didn't exist, neither would you. I want you to pray right now just for the sake of challenging yourself. I want you to find a place alone and kneel down against all your stubborn tendencies telling you not to and close your eyes and think of one concentrated thought, your brother. I want you to think of your love for him, your fear of him dying, your feeling of powerlessness, your feelings of anger and frustration, your feelings of confusion. You don't need to ask to get anything. You don't need to try and fix anything. You don't need to get any answers. Just focus on every moment you've ever had with your brother. Reflect on every memory from years ago and even from just earlier today. Let the feelings wash over you. Let the feelings take you away from yourself. Let them bring you closer to him. Let yourself be overwhelmed by the unyielding and uncompromising emotion of him until you lose yourself in it. Think about him more than you've ever thought about anyone before. Think about him more deeply and with more detail than you've ever thought about anything. Think about how incredible it is that you have a brother, that he exists at all. Focus on him until you feel like your soul is going to burst. Tell him in your heart and soul that you love him. Feel that love pouring out of you from all sides. Then get up and go be with him and your family. And you can tell your grandmother that you prayed for your brother. I, uh, I, I picked a little bit of music for this show. Um, it, was, it was difficult. Um, but the first, uh, the first song that I picked is from Pink Floyd's The Wall. It's titled, Is There Anybody Out There? And it basically has one repeated lyric, Is There Anybody Out There? And I think it reflects the way in which I viewed the pointlessness of prayer uh, when I was asked to, to to start doing that when I came into the program. It's like, is there anybody out there listening? What's the point? If there's nobody out there listening, what's the point? Um, and I hope that I've been able to, to say here that what I have found, the answer to, to that question, is that I don't need to answer that question because... Even if there's nobody out there listening, I still get I still get value from prayer. So in this section of the podcast, I talk I'm going to talk a little bit about my life and recovery, about what's happening in my meetings and, and in my life this week. I'm gonna start with the 
meeting yesterday, Saturday morning uh, step meeting. And on the first Saturday of the month, one of the tables uh, has been uh, working our way slowly through the uh, Blueprint for Progress book, the Al-Anon Four-Step Workbook. And we had reached the we had reached the chapter on sex. And we had talked about that a couple of weeks before, that, hey, this is what's coming up next. Uh, isn't everybody excited about it? And so when I got there Saturday morning, I think there were four people sitting at that table when I arrived at the meeting. Uh, and I, I arrived a little bit late, so the you know the meeting had already been had already opened, and they were just about ready to to start into um, the table discussion. And I thought, oh boy, like nobody's here because it's sex, and they don't want to talk about it. Um, I think partly the the attendance was down because it is uh, spring break for the local high school or the local schools, the local public schools, and so. Uh, families were were on vacation, or you know, maybe going to visit relatives for Easter or whatever. Um, and and as we as we sat there and as we started uh, reading from the 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 reading at the beginning of the chapter, uh, a couple more people walked in, and so uh, by the time we got started, we we actually had I don't know maybe seven people or so, um, and. There was some. There was some really good discussion, and people really um, opened up. Uh, the first. The first question was about communication. About how do I share what I'm feeling with with my partner, um, my loved one, my spouse. My I forget the exact wording. Um, several people talked about um, emotional communication. About in in particular about how we communicate love, and how different people feel love from their partner in, in different ways. Um, and reference to the, the book, the five languages of love, uh, a couple people brought that up and about the things that maybe make us feel loved. Don't necessarily make our partner feel loved and vice versa. Um, and anyway, it was, it was, it was much more dynamic, um, much more open than, than I think I had been afraid. And, you know, that's partly because, I find talking about sex really difficult. I find talking about sex with my loved one very difficult. I don't do it. Um, it makes me uncomfortable. It makes me embarrassed. I've never, I have never been able to talk openly about it uh, throughout my life. So, uh, you know, I was projecting my feelings onto others, obviously. Uh, so that was, it, it, it was good. It was, um, you know, it was really good to hear what other people had to say. We, we covered the first two questions in the chapter and uh, we'll be uh, coming back for more next month. Looking forward to it. Uh, my work continues to be very busy. I and I am. I'm praying and meditating a lot more uh, to try to keep myself in that calm, serene place. I'm also uh, doing my best to not overwork, uh, to not um, wear myself out, to get enough sleep. Um, that's it's very helpful to be able to go into work and stay serene and calm and not, not get worked up, not get resentful, not get angry, not get frustrated. Um, if I've had enough sleep the night before. And so taking care of myself is, is, is really critical here. And, um, it's something I'm focusing on. And I think that's, uh, that's about all I got for the, for this week. I want to, uh, move on here and, uh, look forward. We, uh, 
we got some topics coming up. I'm not sure in exactly what order. Uh, if you listened to last week's episode, you know that Akila suggested the topic of fun. Uh, so we're, we're asking you to share what does fun mean to you? How have you maybe learned uh, in the program to, to have fun uh, in ways that, that perhaps you hadn't thought of, or perhaps you, you know, you were so caught up in the, the alcoholism in your life that you didn't think you could have fun. Um, what does fun mean to you and, uh, and, ha- and how do you do it? And how has your program helped you to have more fun in your life? So that's an upcoming topic. Let us know. You can call and leave us a voicemail at 734-707-8795. That's right. Uh, you can call right now. Leave that voicemail, 734-707-8795. You can also use the voicemail button on the website to join the conversation directly from your computer or um, many smartphones uh, that will work with them as well. Uh, if you prefer not to use your voice, you can send email to feedback at com. We'd love to hear from you, share your experience, strength, and hope, or your questions about today's topic of prayer or about any of our upcoming topics, including fun. And if you have a topic you'd like us to talk about, let us know. So you can get all the information about the podcast, about the show at therecoveryshow.com. We have notes for each episode, the, the outline that, uh, that we work from as we, uh, as we discuss our topic each week. We have links to the music that we talk about and links to other things that maybe were mentioned during um, the podcast so that you can find everything right there at therecoveryshow.com slash 111. And uh, if you'd like to join the conversation in a, in a more uh, ambitious, um, a more complete um, way, uh, consider being a guest host by phone or Skype or other electronic medium. Uh, email feedback at therecoveryshow.com if you're interested, and we'll arrange it, particularly if you have a topic you'd like to talk about. Got a little bit of email this week, an email from Bev. She, she says, hi, Spencer. I missed the three shows and just caught up while driving yesterday. I listened to Dry Drunk first. I can't tell you how your honesty with yourself and the sharing with others has inspired and touched me. I feel helped, and perhaps your message helped a lot of people. I've just finished step seven, and I have already caught myself not striving to have conscious contact on a daily basis. The step three prayer from the big blue book of AA helps me. I just wanted to let you know that I love the show, and I hope you continue, or the show continues in general. I can imagine that having a full-time job, a family, and a comprehensive podcast that you can't just wing on a weekly basis can cause a person to have a lack of personal spiritual time. Oh, by the way, I was the one a few months ago who suggested how to make the show better and told you what I thought was wrong with a particular episode. LOL, you were gracious in not blasting me for not minding my own business and trying to fix everything. I get the program now, and I'm recovering bit by bit. Thanks much, Lee Bev. And uh, a couple things, I have a couple things to say here. One is, uh, well, thank you. Thank you for, uh, um, you know, your uh, encouragement. Um, and uh, I hadn't even noticed when I read this read this email the first time um, that you referenced the, the third step prayer. Um, so that's kind of cool. Um, and, uh, you know, I remember, I remember you writing in, uh, you know, about uh, something that you were, uh, didn't, you know, had an issue with, uh, with something in a previous episode. And I want to hear that because if, if something is bothering you, um, let me know, you know, that's part of, part of, 
my continuing process with the podcast. I mean, you know, sort of the 12 step approach to the podcast. If, if you, if you see something that could be, could be improved, um, I need to take inventory on it and I might take inventory and say, well, this is, you know, this is not something that, that I feel like I need to do anything about right now, or it might in fact be something that, uh, inspires me to make a change. So don't feel like you're trying to control because I won't let you, but do let me know. Uh, do let me know not just the things you like, but you know, let me know the things that I can improve uh, and I'll put it that way. Okay. Thanks. Got an email from a listener who's struggling with anonymity and, and I suggested a couple of episodes, uh, might be, might be helpful to listen to. There was episode 27, which is titled anonymity and episode 98, uh, about tradition 12, which, um, definitely has, um, some anonymity, uh, issues in there as well. And I know that, that we shared sort of our own experience. We also, in at least one of those episodes, uh, maybe both of them talked about, uh, the ways in which we struggled with anonymity, particularly in the context of the podcast. Um, so if, uh, this is a, a topic that you have questions about that you are perhaps struggling with. Um, you might you might want to check out those episodes and and if you have further questions, hey, let us know because then we can uh, think about addressing it from maybe a different angle. It's it's really important topic. So anyway, this listener writes uh, for obvious reasons. I'm I'm keeping the correspondent anonymous, but here's uh, what they wrote in part. I've struggled a little bit with the whole anonymity thing. I created a separate Gmail account to use in my home group because everybody puts their email address in addition to their phone numbers on the call list, and I didn't want to put my last name out there. But the biggest problem with anonymity for me, as with many of us in this program, I suspect, is around protecting my loved one's anonymity. I have a few close friends that I would love to tell about how much Al-Anon has changed my life, but they also know my loved one, the alcoholic, and so I don't tell them that is tough and i remember struggling with that and to some and to some extent i still do because that's her story it's not my story and uh, when i when i first started in alanon it was also the time at which i started going uh, back to my church and we had a a tradition then that at the beginning near the beginning of the service people would get up and share joys and sorrows from their week and i remember um, sharing that I had celebrated six months of sobriety with a close friend. And after the service, uh, another friend of mine who I think I knew at the time was also struggling with some alcoholism in their family asked me if this this person in my life, this close person in my life, was um, a particular relationship to me. And, and I just said uh, no and left it at that because I didn't feel that I could expose uh, who it was that I was I was sharing about, um, because I I felt I needed to keep her anonymous. So um, you know, it's definitely something that that I've struggled with over the years, and particularly as she came into recovery, um, I have shared that that information with more people. But I still sort of do it on a need to know basis. Um, you know, evaluating each each person each relationship that I have with a person individually as to whether that's something that I share. Um, and I have, in fact, um, the advantage that my, my wife has said it's okay to share that it is her, um, that uh, she's very open about being you know, a recovering alcoholic. And, and even with that, I still um, am not completely open about it. And I don't know, it is what it is. And we each have to find our own answer. And sometimes my answer is inconsistent because I'm human. 
Got an email from Bill. He said, thank you so much for this wonderful podcast. It is yet another strong strand in the lifeline that Elanon has become for me. Our 33-year-old son relapsed in his drug addiction recovery last December. Since early January, I've been regularly attending meetings and reading the literature. But I find that I need more, and these podcasts that I can listen to when I'm getting ready for and driving to work, on the drive home, and in bed until I fall asleep are so awesome. I so appreciate your sincerity and all the good advice and information. Though you claim not to be professionals, I think your podcast is top quality. And I listen to many other podcast programs. Thank you for the wonderful work you are doing that is touching so many lives. Blessings, Bill. Well, again, thank you, Bill, for the uh, the compliments. But I think what's more important to me is um, that what we do here is is helping you because that's why we do it. Uh, I'm not doing it for the compliments. I'm not doing it for the the ratings. Um, I'm doing it because there are people like you who are suffering, um, and. I have the, if you will, God-given ability, uh, the ability in any case, um, to carry this message as the 12th step asks us to, um, to carry this message in this particular way. Um, And so, you know, I do it because I can. It doesn't cost you anything to listen to The Recovery Show. We do have expenses. They run about $60 a month. You can help support us and keep us on the web and in your ear in a couple of ways. We have a donation button on the website where you can support us directly, just like Michelle did. We've also put together a list of recovery-related books. Click on the books link at the top of the page, and if you order one of these books from Amazon through our website, we will receive a small commission. Thank you for your support in whatever form you give it, including just listening to us. We are here for you. The other song that I that really sort of jumped out at me uh, for this episode is the is the Hallelujah Chorus by Handel. Already talked about it, so uh, check it out. Thank you for listening, and please keep coming back. Whatever your problems, there are those among us who have had them too. If we did not talk about a problem you are facing today, feel free to contact us so we can talk about it in a future episode. My understanding, love, and peace growing you one day at a time. <laughs>